Hello, friends. The episode you're about to hear was recorded with my husband, Brad, a few weeks ago. This past Friday, December 22nd, Brad was driving an ATV to his duck blind to hunt when a deer jumped out in front of him. He struck it, causing the four-wheeler to flip and throwing him onto the pavement. He was mid-flighted to UAMS in Little Rock, and we have been here in the ICU ever since. He sustained a traumatic brain injury and has multiple facial and cranial fractures. We're working hard to get him well, but are becoming increasingly aware that this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. We're so thankful that he is still with us because we know this could have turned out very differently. We are praying for his full recovery, and we hope you will join us in that. We're so grateful for all of our many while we're waiting friends and family members who have already been praying for Brad and for Bethany and for me. You all are truly a blessing to us. Thank you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith, and yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ. It makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free bereaved parent retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 183. Thank you for joining us for our Year in Review podcast. I'm excited to welcome a special guest today, my husband, Brad. As always, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me and looking forward to talking about what what God has done in and through the, the While We're Waiting ministry. Yeah. Well, we want to share a little bit today about how God has been working in the While We're Waiting ministry, even just over this past year. We've had the opportunity to meet some wonderful moms and dads and to hear the stories of their beautiful children and what a blessing it's been. Yeah, another year has passed. Uh, we are in the 12th year of the While We're Waiting ministry. And, you know, yeah. Jill, how did that happen? Yeah, it's hard to believe. Just uh, only God could have done what he's done through the past 12 years and uh, to God be the glory. Amen. That's right. In 2023, we had the opportunity to host 63 retreats for bereaved parents in 18 states, Arkansas, Alabama, Texas, Arizona, Illinois, Nevada, Maryland, Missouri, Oregon, Tennessee, Georgia, Minnesota, North Carolina, Michigan, North Dakota, Ohio, Wisconsin, and South Carolina. It's so hard to believe that we had the opportunity to host that many retreats. 742 grieving parents were served at these events, and every one of these retreats was offered at no cost to those who attended. One of the big highlights of the year was the opportunity to travel to Botswana, Africa, where we had the opportunity to serve over 100 parents there. Uh, We found out real quick that they're parents just like us that are grieving the loss of their children, and and, uh, they have the same hope we have. And it was such a blessed time to spend that time with them and to get to know them and and uh, get to know a little bit about their their stories and but just to to see God work there in Africa in and through the ministry and 
just a big highlight of the year. We're grateful for that time, and we're grateful for our while we're waiting family in Botswana. You know, a lot of people are aware of the retreats that we host, um, but we also have a network of support groups all around the country. And we ended the year with 56 in-person while we're waiting support groups meeting on a monthly basis in 23 states. And we also have one virtual group for people that don't have a group in their area or are unable to attend a retreat, unable to get to a support group meeting. Anybody can attend that virtual group. And we have had attendees participate in that group from all around the world. In total, over 2,500 bereaved parents have attended while we're waiting retreats since the ministry started uh, back in 2011. Uh, we had have had the opportunity to host 299 retreats. Wow, that's hard to imagine. Uh, when we started over 12 years ago, we were planning to do two retreats a year. And to think that uh, our very first retreat in, in 2000. 24 will be our 300th retreat. That's amazing. And what a gift it has been to meet these parents. And uh, we've been able to serve these parents at, at no cost to them. And obviously, Jill and I can't attend all retreats, but God has raised up many facilitators around the country that can love on these parents and point them to the hope we have in Jesus. What an amazing, amazing group of facilitators God has raised up. And for that, we're grateful and just to grateful for the, the many lives that God has touched through the ministry. Yes, we are so grateful for our facilitators. We have some of the most wonderful people who facilitate our retreats across the country, and um, those are just a gift from God. You know, when people come to our retreats, they're often very nervous, uh, some of them even deeply dreading the experience. I mean, who wants to qualify to come to a retreat for bereaved parents? Our retreats are free, but the cost of admission is very high. I'd like to read a couple of blog posts written by parents after attending a retreat this past summer, and I'll put the links to these blogs in the show notes. The first one comes from Holly Chapman, who writes a beautiful blog titled Free to Surrender. She and her husband have experienced the loss of two of their children, Olivia and AJ. Olivia in the summer of 2021 and AJ in the summer of 2023. They came to the retreat just a few weeks after the loss of AJ, and this is what she had to say. Quote, I am so tired of writing a sad story, unquote. These are the words that tumbled out of my mouth while trying to explain to a new friend why I don't write as much anymore. For nine years, this blog has been an outlet, a way to give voice to the perplexing assortment of emotions swirling through my inner world since Olivia was diagnosed with paroxysmal biogenesis disorder. Scrolling through the blog titles is like flipping through a Rolodex of memories, many of them representing the most trying moments of my life. There are times when I just want to run from all of the sad. Last Friday was one of those times, and I found myself staring down the barrel of a weekend drenched in sorrow, half wishing I could turn and sprint full throttle in the opposite direction. Nine days later, I am in awe of how God helped me find hope in an unexpected place. It began when Robert and I registered for a grief retreat. I'd heard that the organization, while we're waiting, offers Bible-based retreats free of charge for parents that have lost a child. I can't say that I wanted to go but I felt it was a wise choice. I also knew that there was a waiting list, and the thought that we might not make it to the top very quickly made it easier to sign up. 
To my surprise, I soon got an email saying there was a spot for us at their Hot Springs, Arkansas location in July. Arkansas. I was there when Olivia died and hadn't been back since that time. July. The retreat would take place less than two months after A.J. passed away. In some ways, setting aside time to process grief in a healthy way seemed like the prudent thing to do. In other ways, it felt like a deliberate choice to swim with open wounds through a sea of alcohol. Nevertheless, we decided to go. For me, the decision to go ahead with the trip felt robotic, the same as deciding to get out of bed, take a shower, and get dressed. Lately, these are things I do, not because I want to, but because the alternative costs more than I am willing to pay. I didn't quite know what to expect from the weekend, but I had read that each couple present would have 20 minutes to share their child's story. My mind struggled to predict the consequence of stuffing that much pain into a single space and time. Still, we drove onto the property and were greeted by towering pines, rolling hills, and a tranquil pond with the cross as its focal point. After checking into a hotel-like room and being treated to dinner, we placed Olivia in A.J.'s photographs next to those of the other parents' children and settled onto a comfortable couch to meet with the group. I pulled a blanket over my knees, protective armor to keep my fragile emotions in check. It didn't take long to realize that this was a place where pent-up tears could flow like an undammed river, one where waves of grief would be met by a tsunami of hope. Jesus was present. God's Word was given precedence. In each person's story, we found little nuggets of truth lodged in layers of hurt, like gemstones embedded in the rock strata. Years ahead of us on the grief journey, the retreat leaders modeled a process of mining for hope, even in the hardest of situations. I was reminded that when you intentionally search for hope, you find it. When you search for God with all your heart, you find Him. And when I look back through my Rolodex of blog posts, I recognize a story where sadness never gets to have the final word because God writes redemption into every story that is open to His grace. The last nine years have taught me to hold on to Jesus and let go of fear. That real freedom can only be found in a place of surrender. There are valuable lessons to be learned when life takes you the long way around. God's love is unfathomable and multidimensional. He gives us grace to endure, puts His redemptive power on display, and offers an eternal perspective that transcends the suffering we face on earth. He's a good shepherd. His strength is made perfect in weakness, and He always leaves a trail of breadcrumbs for those looking for joy. God's goodness is as certain as the rising and setting of the sun, and He never wastes pain that is entrusted to Him. In the last nine days, I've learned to actively look for hope and that it is okay to write the sad things because God is faithful to bring His goodness to the surface as we trust Him with our stories. My favorite gemstone from the weekend was a quote from The Lord of the Rings when Sam Gamgee asks Gandalf, Is everything sad going to come untrue? The answer is yes. In eternity with Jesus, the sad things will come untrue. I see God's redemptive hand at work even now. It was a blessing to read her words after she got home from the retreat. It was an encouragement to us to know that God used it to be a blessing in her and Robert's life. And it was just, it was very moving to hear what she had to write. The second post comes from Austin D. Armand, who writes a very helpful blog titled simply Austin's Blog. He and his wife experienced the loss of their son, Gabriel, this past January, and you may have heard them on the podcast a few episodes ago. Here's what Austin wrote about their experience at the While We're Waiting weekend. 
Valerie, my wife, and I attended a while we're waiting retreat this weekend for bereaved parents. I want to list how impactful and beneficial it was for us. First, just being in the room with other grieving parents truly blessed us. You can see it in their eyes when you first meet them. The immeasurable worth of their children is written on their faces, and they are more beautiful for it. Second, it was hopeful. At every level, we were directed to the hope of the gospel, the beauty of heaven, and how to live worthy lives until that day. A lot of grief advice isn't worth the time it takes to give it. We were pointed to eternal, weighty realities. Third, we met many parents who were further along than us, and we can't describe how much of a comfort this was. We will make it. We can endure. Brad, Jill, Janice, Larry, and others are tokens of God's grace showing us the example of how to persevere. We become what we behold. Fourth, we were so impressed at moments how grieving, broken parents were treated. I watched people be comforted with truth, treated with compassion, prayed for, faithfully served, and loved on well. They were the hands and feet of Jesus. Fifth, I think we made some lifelong connections with other grieving parents. Our hearts were immediately knit together. I felt the weight of wanting to spare them their deep heartache, and they wished the same for us. We are all watching, waiting, and worshiping in the meantime. As I fellowshiped and visited with these parents, I was reminded of Frederick Beekner's line, Your life and my life flow into each other as wave flows into wave, and unless there is peace and joy and freedom for you, there can be no real peace or joy or freedom for me. Sixth, the way the weekend is set up, the leaders offered great wisdom, but also let other grieving parents share truth, advice, and the wisdom they had learned since their child went to heaven. This fostered a greater sense of belonging, unity, and openness. Seventh, no matter how long it will be, we will always love, miss, and grieve Gabriel. It was clear hearing from other parents that they deeply and dearly miss their sweet daughters and sons. They will do so until the end. We won't apologize for it. We won't get over him. Yet grief isn't our identity. We will honor Gabe and honor the Lord by continuing to be used by him and serve him. Though we ache and long for our son, we will live our days showing the world that Christ is our highest treasure and prize. Gabe was and is a gift. Eighth, one of the things that was said was that God does not call us to bear the full weight of our life without Gabe today. We are called to today and the daily tasks he has for us. I kept thinking when this was said, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Ninth, it is clear that the only way to live worthily in light of that great tragedy in January is to do it in the sustaining grace and power of God. There's no way to make it and become more beautiful on the other side without relying upon Christ. He is our hope and stay. Tenth, Gabe was the youngest child there that we grieved, yet one of the leaders said, a young life isn't an incomplete life. Our sweet boy fulfilled his purpose. He made it to that golden shore. What parent who loves the Lord wouldn't want that for their children? He only beat me there. We so often want them to show up, open the door, and walk through back to us, but one day he will be in heaven as we walk through that door. I'll embrace my Savior first, but we'll also be looking over his shoulder for our sweet boy next. I'm so proud of him and can't wait to tell him again in person. You know, Jill, people often wonder, how can we be a part of retreat after retreat and endure the pain and hurt of others? 
And as you just read these testimonies, you know, what a blessing that has been for us to, to get to see how God works at these retreat and how his Holy Spirit guides and directs every aspect of those retreats. And uh, we're just amazed at each week and each time we have a retreat is to see God work and how he orchestrates these retreats uh, all over the country, uh, not just the treats we're, retreats we're a part of, but, but all of the retreats. Yeah, it's really humbling to be a part of something like that and then to read what people have written or what people have shared with us after they've attended a retreat. It's it's humbling because it's not us. It, it's not us that is doing it. It is the Lord and His Holy Spirit that's bringing comfort to these moms and dads. And I'm, I'm always reminded of Revelation 12, 11. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And the testimonies that we get to hear of, of God's people sharing how God has sustained them through these law, uh, the loss of their children. Uh, what a blessing that's been. And uh, for that, we're grateful. And to God be the glory. Amen. In addition to our retreats and support groups, 52 weekly episodes of the podcast were released with over 161,000 downloads since its inception in July of 2020. We've had listeners from 28 countries around the world, and it's been really gratifying to read some of the reviews of the podcast, and I'm going to share a couple of them today. While we're waiting, met me where I was in my grief. The support, understanding, and kindness given in the online group, the retreats, and this podcast have ministered to my aching heart. There is so much truth shared in each episode, and that truth points you back to Jesus. Thank you, WWW. And here's another one. This podcast speaks the language of a parent who has lost a child in a way that is so profoundly accurate. It is like food for the soul of a bereaved parent, and I'm so blessed to have found it. It has been eight years since we lost our Amelia Hope, and the grief journey shifts and shapes with each year that passes. It is comforting to have words to attach to and define this shifting and shaping. And again, all glory to God with that, with with the podcast. Uh, Again, that's not me as the host. That is our guests that come on and share their stories with such honesty and hope and, and continuously pointing people to hope, even through the hurt. And I'm so grateful for everyone that has been a guest on the podcast this year and in previous years. And Lord willing, we will have 52 more episodes of the podcast in 2024. I've already got some wonderful interviews lined up to share with you in the weeks ahead, and I am looking forward to that. As of now, uh, for this coming year, we have 57 retreats on the calendar, and we anticipate adding a few more. Uh, One of these retreats will be in Germany this spring, and we are excited about our first uh, while we're waiting event in Europe. You know, Jill, when the ministry began, our plan was to do two retreats a year in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And now look what God has done. Yeah. Amen. It's, it's, we just stand in awe. And like I've said earlier, we're just humbled by all that he is doing and that we have the privilege of being a part of it. Uh, it's been such a gift. Of course, there is a cost uh, that's associated with all of these things. God has blessed us with The Refuge, a beautiful retreat facility here in Hot Springs, Arkansas, that the ministry owns debt-free, and we host the majority of our retreats at this location. 
This is by far our most cost-effective place to host events, and we can host a retreat here for a total cost of right around $1,000. But not everyone can travel to Arkansas, and thankfully God has opened up opportunities for us to host retreats all over the country. Hosting events in other areas, though, requires us to rent venues, and the average cost per retreat generally runs around $5,000. Again, the parents who attend are not required to pay anything. The While We're Waiting ministry covers the full cost. There's also a cost in producing the podcast, approximately $100 an episode with the hosting and editing involved. And at this time, I don't plan on accepting any advertisers for the podcast because I really don't want to take away from the content that you all enjoy. And so as long as um, we have the funds to keep that up, I do not plan on accepting any advertisers. And We're so grateful for all the many donors who make these While We're Waiting events possible. If you would like to join our network of supporters, you can do that by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org slash donate. That link will be in the show notes as well. Just in closing, we're so grateful for the way God has provided for this ministry uh, because we in the Browns, we've said this many times, are the worst fundraisers ever. God has provided for this ministry through many donors like you. Thank you for your obedience. Uh, God is using your faithfulness to support uh, this ministry and has enabled it while we're waiting to touch many, many lives. We are excited about what God is going to do in the future as we look at the next 12 years, what God is going to do and and just anticipate what he's going to do. Uh, He brought us from two retreats a year to what he's done this past year and only God knows what he's going to do in the future. And that that's exciting to think about. But again, thank you for your support of this ministry. Every dime of this ministry is used to support these retreats and support the podcast and to support the organization of this ministry. And for that, we're grateful and uh, thankful and let's look forward to the future. And it's been an an honor and and a pleasure to share today and Thank you again for our our While We're Waiting family and those who are part of the While We're Waiting ministry. All right. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today, Brad. It's been great to just kind of review and and think about uh, what God has done in in While We're Waiting over the past year and to look forward to what he's going to do in the future. Amen. Uh, Can I close in prayer? Absolutely. Bob, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, While We're Waiting. We thank you for uh, using this ministry to... For your purpose, Lord, we thank you for that, and uh, we pray that you'll continue to use it for your purpose and to bring hope of Christ to those around this country and around the world, Father. Again, thank you for what you've done, and we thank you for what you're going to do. And uh, We love you, Lord, and we commit the future to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review, and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.